in. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. <laughs> hey, your homies good. Slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, we are excited about today's episode of The Bomb Hole, which is presented by Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts, the best smelling salts on the market, as we all know. And we got an exciting episode to my right, co-hosting. We got Fancy Rutherford. What's happening, Fancy? Hey, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. What's up, Chris? Glad you're here. Drove down from Tahoe to do the episode. Made the trek. Respect. Love that. And then we got our producer, Silk D, back there, and uh, Brandon Cocard in studio today. How you guys doing? Doing good. Um, I didn't get headphones. <laughs> yeah. Budget's a little tight, Cocard. Okay. Budget's a little tight. I just hit a smelling salt, though, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a soothing voice, doesn't he? So calming. Yeah. So Made calming. for the radio. Made for radio. <laughs> and uh, to my left, the guest of the day today, we got Taylor Elliott in studio. We're excited. What's happening, Taylor? Just happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a big honor. Well, we are honored that you're here. Uh, I also want to let our audience know that we are on take two because we had some audio malfunctions, but thanks, uh, Cocard solved our problems. XLR technician. Yep, just the old plug and replug and figure it out. When in doubt, <laughs> jiggle some wires, <laughs> you know? Uh, and for our listeners that aren't unfamiliar with Taylor Elliott, uh, I got a quick little intro. Now, Taylor is an incredible snowboarder that has been putting out A-grade tricks for a long time. You may have seen her footage in Too Hard, Uninvited, or her latest film, Here For You. Her story is truly empowering. She battled with sobriety and even more recently has been diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, and her resilience, her mindset, and her attitude is one of the most inspiring things I've ever witnessed. This is going to be a special chat, but let's get into it because there's another little fun fact that a lot of people don't know. And it's that you are a triplet, and that is insane. And I would love to hear you elaborate on that. Yeah, triplet. You're born with two best friends, ride or die, through and through. It's a powerful thing, you know? Should we give them an air horn? Absolutely. Little three-pack Shakur. (laughs) (laughs) Um Amazing. Well, in, while we're talking triplets, one of your sisters, Kendall, uh, submitted a question. So let's just fire that off right out of the gate. Hi, Tay. It's me, Kendall. I had a question for you, and I was wondering how you would personally describe being a triplet and the bond the three of us have to other people. <laughs> hey, Kenny. Love you. Um, the bond, you know, it's really special. It's powerful. You're born with two people that have your back no matter what through everything and someone you can call and talk anything through at all times. And, you know, we also have like a little bit of a rivalry, but it just like encourages all of us to want to be better people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And you got, and you have a brother as well. So at one point there was four toddlers and diapers right yeah my parents uh, my brother is 13 months older than us so my parents had four babies all at once running around screaming that's a lot of that's a lot of diapers yeah Yeah. that's a lot of diapers shout out sam isn't it his birthday today it is his birthday today happy birthday sam i love you amazing i love that and so where did you grow up originally kewaskum wisconsin it's a small village in wisconsin about three thousand people live there so it's it's a village, like a not a town. Not a town. It's a village. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were the majority of the town was our family. 
Amazing. And so what uh, resort did you grow up snowboarding at? Sunburst Ski Hill. Nice. Yeah. So what's the vertical? What are we talking? Give us the stats on Sunburst. So Sunburst Ski Hill, 300 feet tall, and we got two chairlifts and two rope toes. Mm. Yeah, and a park, which is all you need. And you and your sisters are kind of uh, put absolute beatdowns on the steel. So is that where you guys sharpened your <laughs> your skills on the rails? Yeah, I mean, you could get 100 laps in in two hours, you know, and just chucking the gnarliest trick on ice, no fear, and eating shit, going, going again. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. So I want to hear about your guys' rivalry, like, coming up. Like, you guys must have pushed each other like crazy for sure absolutely i mean you know our our class in like usasa it was just us <laughs> competing <laughs> against each other so you know it was like if my sister learned a trick i would want to learn that trick and one-up them for the next contest you know i just it was constant or you know they would go one day without you and then you'd be like how did you learn that trick that's insane like and then you would work on it all day and then whoever could win that weekend like i don't know it was insane but awesome. Really pushed pushed each other, you know? Oh, yeah. Tay, Tay who won the first contest you guys were ever in? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Must not have been you. I mean, it might have been. <laughs> she got a, Sounds like she got a podium, though, no matter what. Right. We all got podiums. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. No, I know um, Fancy could probably relate to this, too, but I've, I've spent some time with the three-pack, the, three the squad. The energy when you guys all get together... And like your guys' voices are similar and your energy, it, it is like, it's electric. It's chaos. It's, yeah, it's, it's chaos. pure chaos. I would say electric, but mostly chaotic. Beautiful chaos. Beautiful chaos. Yeah. Harmonious <laughs> chaos filled with mostly chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and you throw a few like dogs in the mix. And oh, yeah. Big oh, we dogs. all have dogs. Yeah. yeah. Big dogs. Mm -hmm. um, I have a small dog now, but at one point we all had very big dogs. And so anywhere we would go, it was... All three of us and three of our big dogs running <laughs> shit. <laughs> kind of like, just like the, the chaos is like a cloud of like dog hair behind all of you 100%. guys all the time when you're together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just one big blur of like the Elliot's and dogs and yeah. just, you're yeah. like, I don't know what just happened, but I, I liked it and it was a yeah. good time. In right. one car, absolute clown mobile, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's not often anymore, I feel like, that the three of you are together. So it's a really special thing that yeah. not everybody gets to enjoy. Yeah, 100%. I have people now in my life that don't know I'm a triplet, huh. which is crazy because we've always been so one unit, you know? And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people know us as the triplets. It was kind of hard to break through and have our individual identities, you know? Um, but now it's pretty amazing to see where all of us have gone and where we've gone and what we've accomplished. And, you know, it's it's interesting to watch our paths unfold. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. I'm going to go deep for a quick second here. Okay. Now, I've heard this thing where, like, twins, sometimes they can, like, something happens to their brother or their sister and they, like, feel it even though they're in a different state. Have you? Is that a real thing? Have you ever experienced any of that kind of weird clairvoyance? Uh, I wouldn't call it clairvoyance. I would call it more like you have an instinct, like you just know each other so well, um, where, you know, I mean more if I like on the phone with them, I know like immediately like what's going on, you know, what's wrong. Um, but, and if we're in the room, I can see them having a conversation across the way and I'm like, oh, I need to go intervene. I know that this is something's wrong, you know, um, or if someone's injured or something like sometimes you'll get that feeling, but it's, it's not as big of a deal as you would think. <laughs> mm. That's cool. 
Well, um, I mean, I think it's a good time to maybe do a round of smelling salts, run through a wall. <laughs> maybe the uh, produ- production crew over there could pop one off, start it off. Yeah, we'll get it started back here. So, let's turn your mic up. Sorry, Silk D. Let's get your guys' mic going. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo. For the that. That in there. Yeah, we're wow. not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> he said he loves them. Yeah, they're great. They're great. I agree, Cocard. They are really good. Okay, I'll get <coughs> Oh, God. Wow, that's great. Oh, it stings the nostrils. Oh, are we, are we doing any? this? Yeah, I'll have try. Have you ever hit one, Fancy? No, I've, I've never hit one. Is just kind of squeeze it and give it a, a quick little... Squeeze it. Kind of like a crushed cigarette? Exactly. All right, all yep. right. Oh. The old menthol oh. crushes. Okay, that was respectable. I think I can smell it from over here. Just go, just ease into it. I popped Woo. it for you. Sorry to take the fun away. I already popped it. She went in. I'm sorry. Jesus hey. Christ. I'm sorry. I get it now. I, I get the reaction. I thought I was. I thought I was. Just went in. That was a. Hey, that gets you going. Holy yeah. smokes. Good morning. All right. All right. There's liquid coming out of my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's a podcast. <laughs> Here we are. Now we're rolling. <laughs> Woo! So let's just dive right in because we got all kinds of stuff to talk about, whether it's snowboarding, videos, sobriety, MS. But I think we should just start by talking about MS and your journey and, and how how that came to be when you got diagnosed and just start there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'd been feeling a lot of weird symptoms over the years, but I was kind of ignoring them, I think. As a snowboarder, I kind of had this idea that all those things, if you're not in pain, you're not doing it right. Um, and then, you know, later on now I come to realize that I think that has a lot to do with, uh, it was actually MS symptoms coming on early on. Um, and, you know, a lot of migraines, a lot of weird tingling in my hands and things like that. And then uh, March 30th, I noticed that my eye was blurry. I was at the grocery store. And I called Brandon and I was like, I can't see very good out of my eye. And he was like, well, why don't you just, you know, go to the eye doctor. And I called the eye doctor and they were like, uh, we can get you in in 30 minutes. And I was kind of like, well, can't be that serious. Um, and then, yeah, it turns out, went to the eye doctor. Uh, he said he thinks I have optic neuritis, which is a beginning sign of having MS. It's an early on symptom. And then um, got some got an MRI and then the next day I got diagnosed with optic neuritis. Um, and basically I left. He told me, you have a 76% chance of having or developing multiple sclerosis. And uh, later on that week, I, you know, I went completely blind in my right eye. I think it lasted about a month and a half. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just crazy. I was still in snowboard mode. Like, I didn't really care. I mean, it affected me. I was scared. But it wasn't the end of the world for me. I thought if I have MS, people don't go disabled for years. You know, I'll live a whole life. I'll have an entire career. I'll still be able to continue filming. And um, yeah, then went to the uninvited event. It was two weeks later and I had about 30% vision. And I was a day late to the event because I had to get this steroid treatment um, before I could go, like to try to get my vision back. And then went to the event, you know, I felt great. Um, but the day after the two days of the event, I, I noticed I couldn't recover very well. And, and, you know, I was walking a little funny, but I didn't think anything of it. I was still planning on filming and doing, every, doing everything I planned on doing. Like it wasn't going to stop. I wasn't going to stop living my life. I just 
didn't think it would affect me. I'd get my vision back and I'd be fine. And then um, I think it was two weeks later, I went to Woodward just for fun. And I snowboarded all day. And then I got super overheated after it was a hot day out. And I all of a sudden my legs were really shaky and I couldn't, I could barely walk. And my my whole body was was doing this thing and I was like scared, but still in denial. I was like, I'm, it's not in my spinal cord. Like it, it can't be. Um, and then, you know, that was my first bout of like, okay, maybe it is, maybe it's not. And then called the neurologist and they said, oh, that's usually because you're having, you have a lesion in your spinal cord. And, but I didn't have a diagnosis yet. I didn't think I had MS. It was not diagnosable. Um, so, you know, the diagnosis period was months of testing and MRIs and a lumbar puncture and all these things. And it was a waiting game. And then I went to the Peace Park event and then I snowboarded all day. It was fine when I was strapped in. And when I unstrapped, I needed help walking. I couldn't walk. Right. I was walking funny. And then the last day, um, snowboarded super hard. And I, I knew something was wrong at that point. But I was still like, I'm going to finish out my season. I don't care. Um, and then the last day, I made it down the tram. But I knew I was going downhill. That something was seriously wrong. And, um, yeah, I had, to, I had to get wheelchaired out up there. And it was like, I mean, it was terrifying because that was the moment that was like, fuck, my season is over. I do have MS and I didn't have a diagnosis. So, I mean, it was a lot of what ifs. Am I going paralyzed? You know, like it was a lot of unknowns of that, of where, where is this going? And then, um, fast forward, you know, a couple weeks, just peak flare up, still no diagnosis. So when I was in the peak of this, it was a lot of unknowns. I didn't know, if I had MS, I didn't know if I had another disease. Uh, there was a moment where they thought I had seringomelia, which would have been guaranteed paralysis at, at, at some point. And it would have meant no snowboarding at all. Like there wasn't going to be any snowboarding. So, you know, there was a lot of fear at that time. But I was still, I still had it in me. Like I was like, I'm not going to accept that my life is over. Um, and I, I dove into research and dove into meditation and journaling and painting. It was just, I was battling to stay in the present um, without even really, I mean, I, I had found acceptance at that point, but I didn't have a diagnosis. So then when I got a diagnosis end of July, um, honestly, it came as a relief because, okay, I know what this is. I'm not going paralyzed. Um, and I'll take that as a win, you know? Um, I mean, I could go forever about it, yeah. you know. One thing would be interesting to talk about, too, is, like, what is MS for people that are unfamiliar? So multiple sclerosis is a lifelong neurological condition that affects your central nervous system. So basically you, your brain and your spinal cord. And what's happening is so you have these nerves that have uh, protective coating. It's called a myelin sheath. What's happening is your immune system is attacking the myelin sheath of your nerves, causing a disconnect. So, you know, it's like it's just things are happening where, like, your nerves are not connecting to your body. And then depending on where the damage is, that's where your uh, symptoms arise. And every single person's disease course is so different and unique to themselves. Um, so I can't compare my story to anyone else's, and they can't compare theirs to mine, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
And it's currently, um, there's no cure for MS, right? No, there's no cure. There's treatment. Uh, the treatment, it doesn't fix the damage that's already been done after the flare-up. It's, I'm on this medication called Briumvi, and every six months I get an infusion. And so how I would explain it is um, basically, you know how a, a cancer patient, they go through chemo and it removes their entire immune system. So what my treatment does is it removes part of it, like the B cells, like the overreactive part of my immune system that's causing um, the damage. And so the goal of the treatment is to prevent disease spread or to slow it down. Um, there's no way to get back what I've lost, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm also curious. So you mentioned, all right, so... You're like, I've been, I've been sore and like having symptoms for a while. I thought it was normal. Are we talking like a couple months? Are we talking like a year? How long do you think, when do you think your body started to kind of like show symptoms before when you actually, you know, took a look at it? Um, I would say 2016 is when I noticed I was having migraines, bouts of migraines for weeks on end. And there was no way to fix them. And weird numbness and tingling and, and then progress a few years later. It was like if I put my feet in cold water, it felt like I was standing on pins and needles. Like there was nails in my feet. Um, and I, my, I couldn't circulate. Like, like I was getting really cold really fast or, you know, it was hard to regulate my temperature. And my hands would go numb. And I'd wake up in the morning after sleeping and my ear would be numb and tingling. And um, But, you know, then I would talk to my friends and say, hey this happens to you, right? And they were like, no. I was like, ah. <laughs> My one friend was like, you should go to a neurologist. I was like, nah, we're good. I got I to gotta, I gotta make this movie <laughs> real quick. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so back when we were filming for Too Hard, we took a road trip from Tahoe to both of our parents' homes, which was Illinois and Wisconsin. And Taylor was having serious back pain at that time. Mm-hmm. And... Do you think that that back pain might have been related? Yeah, there's a lot of unknown. You know, so when the MRIs, you look at the MRIs, I have five lesions in my brain that are, and some of, most of them are not active, meaning that's history of damage. Um, and that being said, it could be getting a concussion. There's There could be other explanations for it, but I have five points in my history of my brain where there's been damage. Um, being done, and at least some of them have been multiple sclerosis damage. Um, so it, it really is hard to say. I mean, I, I really ignored all of the things that was happening to my body for a really long time, and I thought everybody was in that much pain snowboarding. I thought everybody had to do an hour of yoga just to get out of, like, just to go snowboarding. Um, you know, I, I just thought it was normal. I thought everyone had migraines. I thought everybody couldn't feel their hands. I thought everyone's hands did this. Um, yeah, it, you know, it is, it could have been. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. Well, an interesting part of your journey too, to kind of back it up a little bit in chronological order is like, you know, I spent a lot of time with your guys' squad in, in a kind of our early twenties and like, we were all, we were partying and we were having a good time <laughs> mm -hmm. and. And, um, you know, at, at a certain point in time, you made a change. And I'd love to hear you elaborate on why you made a change towards sobriety, which ultimately helped you kind of battle this MS as well, right? You know, I had been partying a bunch. I think coming, my, I have a family of, my family has alcoholism that runs down the line. And um, I had 
been partying a bunch. I thought that was part of snowboarding. I, I just thought that's that's what you did. And it, it was, you know, it was a huge part of snowboarding. Um, and then I'd, I met Brandon and, and we partied, you know, and then as, yeah, <laughs> shout out Brandon, love of my life. Um, we partied, you know, and then eventually like I'd been sober curious. Our dog got sick and then our dog passed away. And I partied after that because I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't handle the grief. Like I had never faced anything like that before. For me, that was my first real experience with grief. And so I went on a bender. It was like 10 days. I was out at Fancy and Keith's house, actually, um, to recuperate, I guess, or just get out of our own house. And then uh, 10 days in, I I woke up from a bender. Um went back to their house and met up with them. And, um, I just had this moment of like, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. I have two choices in my life. I need to like, one of them, I'm going to continue trying to find people at the bar to support me through my, my loss. And, you know, I also had this realization, like I've, I've never looked at myself or taken the moment to try to self-heal or to face my real my problems at hand. I had never done that. And it was that moment that, you know, 10 days in after my bender, I was like, I got I to gotta make a change. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and a lot of my sobriety came out of, like, my own self-hatred. And I felt like I'd failed my dog. And I think these are natural occurrences with grief. You know, you, you hold on to a lot of guilt. But for me, that was like the final thing that led me into wanting to go sober. And I'd been sober curious and, you know, talked to my friends and family, especially Fancy and Brandon, about it before. But that moment I woke up, I'd, I'd never felt worse in my life. I'd never felt more sad. And then, um, yeah, then I just like white-knuckled sobriety and wouldn't accept help and fucking went through it you know it wasn't easy it was ugly for the first time in my life I had to look at my trauma and who I was at a person and my flaws and my ego and I had to break it apart and yeah now I'm two years over two years sober so yeah Yeah. that's gangster shit yeah I mean let's lean into that though I'd like to lean into that process of like okay your first six months you mentioned you were white knuckling and just just don't drink but you're kind of miserable is how i interpret that yeah you're just physically not drinking but Mm -hmm. you're you're not okay per se but you're not pouring also by the but uh silk is is sober in here yeah coming up on a year and a half no well yeah Yeah. amazing that's something like that yeah Yeah. thanks i'm sober Uh, are you still are you i am very sober. Yeah. So this is. Actually, <laughs> yeah. This is kind I, of insane. This is just yeah, kind of like yeah. something that is just. Yeah. Didn't even think about it, but it's. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. To continue though, you're talking about white knuckling it, mm-hmm. and then I'd love to just kind of like lean into that whole process of what worked for you, to because a lot of people, you know, when you when you mention publicly when you're sober, there's a lot of people like you said that are curious. Like, how do I do this? How, how do I, I'm thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about making a change. I'd love you to kind of lend some advice to to that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't recommend going the route I went. Um, You know, ask for help. People care. People are there for you. There is a sober community of people who really will show up. Um, And I think I had so much shame and guilt and felt like I'd failed drinking. You know, I'd failed. And so that kept me sober the first six months. But with that came a lot of dark thoughts, depression, um, you know, and yeah, I didn't drink, but <laughs> it was 
was a bitch. Um, and then I think it was like six months in, I, I don't know where I went. It was somewhere. And I had this moment of like, wow, I feel really peaceful. I feel good. I feel empowered. I, I, I made it six months sober. Like that's crazy. Um, and then from there, you know, it just leaned into like more of a wellness practice and started dabbling with meditation and, um, yoga and, just things that I could try to stay in the present and because I just come out of this depression and I was like, anything I can do to not go back to that. And, um, you know, I think, and then year, year hit and it was just like, I had found this like peacefulness in myself and this gratefulness, um, for life and that life is beautiful and, and I deserve to be here, you know? Cool. So do you feel like when you unpacked some of the 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 things that were causing you shame and guilt and like kind of lower vibrations you could say that when you kind of started feeling like that made you feel good and then it made it easier not to drink yeah like when I really took a look at the flaws and and I invited them to the table and I you know I slowly started to accept myself and this new version of myself and found self-love yeah boom (laughs) there it is (laughs) Gangster shit. Okay, and then so, you know, talking about the, the sobriety, that, let's just fucking lean into it because I think it's a fun topic. You got anything yeah. to add to that, Fancy? I mean, so, I mean, I'm 27 years old, and I got, I've been sober. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sober for 22 years. I'm not 27, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking to myself, damn, you were drinking when you were five? That's what um, I feel 27. <laughs> uh, no, I've been, I've been sober for 22 years. And, um, you know, I just feel so lucky now, right? Like, I understand, like, the, the hurdles of, like, coming to terms with your sobriety and coming to terms with yourself. But once you find that, like, Taylor has, and I think, like, you have too, Chris, like, God, it's like I wake up very often and think like I just feel really lucky. Like I feel like I feel like I wish I could share this with more people. And I feel like I didn't really share it with that many people. I only shared it with my close circle. Um and I love that Taylor is so open about it and is showing another way of life to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I just judging on, I don't know if people ever reach out to you, but like it's a common message that people send to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, if you, you know, if you make a change and somebody else makes a change, then you could save somebody's life or whatever, you know, I think it's important stuff to talk about. It's yeah. a, it's a fine line. Cause there's some, you know, we have our friends like, I don't want you to be preachy. Shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. I don't want to hear that. You know, but the, there are people out there that, and, and I think another thing too is, is, like to highlight what you said, like that 10 day bender, you hit that, like that kind of rock bottom, so to mm-hmm. speak. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing when you get miserable enough to make a fucking change. Like yeah. That's a beautiful thing. It's not something to have shame about. It's like, I finally like walking that line forever. And it's like, it's nice when you're just like, Oh, this isn't working. Let's make a change. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm so grateful for that bender. I am. I really am. And then I had fancy and Brandon and Keith, around me after my bender and they held no judgment. And I think that hurt more because I was like, I know I'm letting the people I love down, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. And 
there is a sober community out there that is amazing and powerful and um, lean into it if you wish. <laughs> and also, I think Fancy said on the phone yesterday, like um, you mentioned that you don't know how well you would have been able to deal with this MS situation without getting sober. Like that built a foundation for you to be able to handle. Yeah, 100%. I had the tools. I had the toolbox. I had built the toolbox. Um, so when this happened, you know, this diagnosis, like if I had been drinking, I don't think it would have gone very well. Um, you know, but I already had the toolbox and I have faced adversity in my life before. So going through this, the motions of getting this diagnosis, I wasn't left hanging up to dry. Like I, I knew what I had to do. I knew that I had to like truly take a minute and sit with myself and use it as an opportunity to learn and grow about who I am and what this means and what good can come of it. You know, like, it, like we were talking about yesterday, it is... It's happening for me, not to me, you know, and, and yeah, and just finding gratefulness every single day in my life with the MS and with being a disabled person, you know, mm -hmm. and finding acceptance through that. I'm not my ability. I'm not my, I'm not just a snowboarder. I'm not just a sober person. Um, you know, those things have all defined the person I've become today and, you know, and I'm not an MS diagnosis, but like these things have all made me into who I am today. And, you know, all of the things that have happened in my life have been a gift leading to this moment to like, I'm not going to let this affect me. I'm not going to let this make me stop living my life. You know, I still have goals and aspirations and dreams. Like just because I have MS doesn't mean my life stops and my aspirations go away. And, um, yeah. I don't think that anybody knows how truly you mean the words that you're saying. And I think that it's really inspiring, right? Like you have faced adversity, like, and you have done a fucking incredible job. Thank you, fans. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break and talk about one of my favorite places, the snowboard Mammoth Mountain. Now they're coming off a record breaking year last year. They got 715 inches at the base and they're open till August 6th. Uh, they got some upcoming events coming up. They got the Grand Prix, January 31st to February 3rd. You can watch some of the best snowboarders in the world, Chuck Roast. You want to see some 1800s and some impressive slope style and half pipe riding? Check out the Grand Prix. Uh, always check out mammothmountain.com for updates on the mountains and deals and all things mammoth. And let's talk about the mountain itself. They got everything you need. You want to ride... Big mountain terrain, you want to ride some shoots, some cornices, you want to get rowdy and pretend you're Big Mountain Jeremy Jones, well, you can do it there. They also have incredible snowboard parks. The Unbound Terrain Park crew is the best. They got 10 parks, 100-plus rails, 40-plus jumps at any time, a mini pipe, a mega pipe, countless transition features. It's a good place to go if you want to get really good at snowboarding. And if you get really good, you can ride Main Park. That's where the big dogs go to eat. And the jumps are just built so well. If you ride bad jumps, you feel bad at snowboarding. When you ride good jumps, you feel like a golden god out there. They also got South Park, which is pretty big. A little bit more on the intermediate side. Really fun park laps if you want to go there. Or one of my favorite warm-up laps, the old Forest Trail. You know, you got a nice pack of jumps. Good for some 540s. So they got parks for all ability levels. 
all across the board, whether you're Dusty Hendrickson or you're just trying to learn your first 180. Check out Mammoth Mountain. They are a supporter of the show, and we always have a blast when we go there. And you mentioned earlier the tools in the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, going back to what happened for me, like you like had your you know bender, you lose Rue, your dog. You know, all these things kind of set you up to where you're at now. Like if it's like almost like building blocks to get to where you are. That, I mean, if that's your mindset, the other mindset could be like, how could this happen? Like, you know, how could this happen? What the fuck? What's right. going on? And I think like what I see in a lot of people struggling is like lack of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I think like adversity helps with acceptance. Um, but I would like to go back to my original question and ask you about the tools in the toolbox. Yeah. Uh, for me, the tools have been meditation, staying in the present. Um, I, I got super into painting for a bit when I got this diagnosis um, and breath work and Qigong. Uh, Qigong's been amazing. It's uh, like 3,000 years older than Tai Chi. So it's like a version of Tai Chi or Tai Chi's a version of Qigong and just battling to stay in the present. I mean, as soon as I, you know, if I'm not in the present, suddenly I'm in the headspace of uh, fear of the future and anger of the past. And, you know, that's, that's something that you don't want to live there. You know, like this disease is so unpredictable. I, I don't know what I'm, what my life will look like tomorrow, a year from now, 10 years from now. I have no idea. So it's like staying in the present and finding gratefulness in every moment and having the abilities I still have and hopefully will have forever, you know, but, but there is no um, understanding of my future. So I have to just battling for the present and doing anything I can to stay there. I, I heard uh, you mentioned to me yesterday a very powerful breathwork session that you had, mm-hmm. and I would love to hear you elaborate about that. Yeah. So I this was probably five days into going blind in my right eye, and I went to breathwork with uh, Leah. And so I didn't expect anything of it. It was a breathwork sound, sound bath class, and I didn't have expectations. Like I was like, this will at least be meditative, you know? And then... Um, I went there and suddenly while I was laying on the mat, having doing the breath work, you know, I was living through all of the symptoms that I hadn't yet experienced on the mat. I was seeing them clearly and um, like, you know, in I was seeing my myself losing my ability to walk. I was seeing, you know, the tremor. I was seeing um, all of it. I lived through every symptom that I've had now in that moment. And this was five days after I lost my vision. So a part of me went through a lot of acceptance there because, um, you know, I would like to call them my spirit guides. There was like, you know, my spirit guides were there in this moment. And it's, it's hard to explain because, um, it's when, when you're in that space, it's like, if you reach like an amazing meditation, right. If you like get to this place. Um, so like my spirit guides were there and they were showing me, And it started, I had to, first of all, admit I was terrified. And, you know, this was all part of this process. Admit I was terrified. And then I experienced all the symptoms. And then I experienced the grief also. You know, I was was bawling my eyes out on the mat. And then after that, it was like the most beautiful, serendipitous thing that happened. Uh, Like my spirit guides are this amazing light form, like was healing my body and helping me with acceptance. And it was like a full body scan of healing. And um, 
and part of the lesson there that my, I call them my spirit guides, uh, told like that they shared with me was you need to go through this before you can become the person that you're truly meant to be in the world. Um, which I mean, it, it really resonated with me that I found a lot of acceptance right then and there. I knew I was going to have this diagnosis, like, you know, and, and there was a lot of fear after of the unknown, but in my heart, I knew it was coming and I knew what my future held to some degree. That's some beautiful, mystical <laughs> shit. <right laughs> and so just for the listeners that are unfamiliar, like you're doing deep breath, right? You're yeah. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> like, and, and you, after doing that for 30 minutes, you, you, kind of get to this deep mystical place and that's mm-hmm. where you had your experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so it, did that make you kind of be like, okay, I'm going to go inward because of, because, you know, I'm going to keep going towards this. Yeah. Is it, have you been on that journey since? Yeah. I mean, I just, I knew that this was the path that was laid out for me in that moment. I knew that this was meant for me and this is something I have to endure and something that I also would like to endure with, with peacefulness and love and uh, gratefulness towards my life. And um, if that makes sense. <laughs> wow. I just think it's so beautiful how you've, how you've navigated the situation because the same thing could happen to another person and it could be a, a really, really clunky, messy. And not to say that you haven't gone through that, but like I, I just admire your acceptance and your grace and your way you've been handling this by going inward for the answers, not reaching for externals. Like you're, you're just, it's beautiful. So. Thank you. You know, a lot of it, it was, it was a ego, I would say ego rebirth. Um, you lose your abilities. Suddenly I'm facing uh, a disability that might be lifelong. Um, and so I feel like when you get to something like that in your life, you don't really have a choice at least for me, I didn't feel I had a choice but to really break down my own ego and my external validation. You know, I, I really had to break that apart and then rebuild it because, you know, suddenly I'm, I'm not my ability. I'm not just a snowboarder now. You know, I'm, I'm someone with a disability. And, you know, disability is new for me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm only nine months in. But uh, it, it is, it's life, I mean, it's life changing for anybody, but um, it's something, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, everybody puts me in a box that's breakable, it says you're in this box, you have a disability, that's where you stay. And, you know, my life is full of, full of can'ts, you can't snowboard, you can't drive, you can't do all of the things you love to do. Um, and I, I'm not living in that reality. I'm not going to live in a breakable box for the rest of my life. I can snowboard. Does it look different? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm going to do it. I can drive. Is it a little scary? Yeah, probably. Maybe more for everyone else on the road. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, like I, I'm going to achieve everything I set out to do, um, and does it, will it look different? Yes. Have I accepted that? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just so important. Don't, don't put people who walk different or who, who can't walk or who have disabilities in a box because we're all living our lives and living in it as authentically as we can. And when things happen to us, we don't just 
stop living. My life isn't over. And I'm sorry if you feel that way, but I'm fucking here to stay, you know, like, and I'm going to do the things I'm going to do and I'm going to love them. And I have so much more appreciation for snowboarding than ever before. Like it is, I mean, it's my, it's my why it's my North star and all of the things I had thought before with ego and what I had to, what tricks I had to learn and what I had to accomplish to be involved in, in the scene and, and be accepted and have brands support me and, and all of that. Fuck it all. I let it go. I don't care because if I can snowboard, it's enough. It's fucking everything. And maybe I'll need help to the car, but I'm going <laughs> to fucking do it, you know? You're pretty unbelievable. <laughs> if that doesn't impress us, I don't know. I, it's just, <laughs> you're so show. unbelievable. <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. It's interesting, Tay, hearing you say it. I feel it. Like, you, you're speaking from the heart, and I fucking mm -hmm. feel it, and I love it, and it's... It's interesting. And you know? look out. Yeah, look the fuck out. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, but this is a good, we have a guest question from uh, Butters. And uh, shout out to Butters. He's an <laughs> absolute legend. True. It kind of pertains to what we're talking about. Here we go. Hey, Tay, this is Brock. The other night when we were talking about your first day snowboarding this year, I felt the immense happiness and joy radiating from you. And I just thought it would be cool for you to share that story with the audience. Um, I love you very much, and you are a true warrior and inspiration. Thank you. Oh, love you, Butters. You're the best. Um, oh, my God. It was it was amazing. You know, I'd been living in so much fear of the can'ts, and I had been so codependent on, on, on Brandon's help, especially because Brandon has been, you know, always there, you know, no doubt about it, you know, through and through. He's been an absolute angel through this whole thing. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to try to go snowboarding. And I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know if I'd make it to the chairlift. And so I didn't really tell anyone about it. I was like, well, eh, this might not go well. So nobody needs to know if I don't make it. And the night before, I, I was like, I'm not going. We're not fucking going. Like, I was more afraid of the, of the failure of going than actually going. And then uh, Brandon was like, we're fucking going. And I was like, okay, I guess so. And then, uh, yeah, God, you know, I, I, it took me a minute. I couldn't connect. My feet couldn't connect to my boots. They were so clunky. And I walked funny. And part of me felt like, God, what am I doing here? And then, uh, God, then we... We went up the chair, and then I, I strapped in, and the disability, like, when I was moving, the disability was gone. Like, I was an able-bodied person, and I don't even have the words to explain it. It was, like, the best 30 seconds of my life. I mean, it was this thing that I thought I had lost, and it was there, and I could do it. And my body, like, it's easier than walking to snowboard, you know? And it, I mean, it was, like, the most powerful thing ever. Like pure bliss, pure happiness, pure gratefulness, and and it, and after we went, like I got two runs, and they were the best two fucking runs of my life. And then um, I don't know. Ever since then, I just I felt reborn. I was full of I cans again. You know, like I can fucking do it. And I felt like it helped me find my independence again. And you know, just it was it was everything. Yeah, it was everything. <laughs> 
Fuck, that's beautiful. <laughs> Brandon, do you want? You were there for the experience. Do you want to chime in? Hun? Um, just borderline in tears listening to the recap. But yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a powerful day, just to see the smile on her face and man, it was yeah, just truly beautiful. <laughs> just bring a guest hose on just to like bring tears into the room. <laughs> so I'm here crying. So. <laughs> You, you but know, I just love it. It's so good. And, and, like, you think about, you know, your job as a snowboarder is to inspire people to do do things. You can do that in a multitude of ways. Yeah. And I think about, we're a snowboard media company. I watch all the fucking videos. I'm just banged over the head with tricks all day long. You got mm. Marcus Cleveland going bananas. <laughs> you know, all these Zoe, every and it's just like, wow, 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 great, wow, wow, wow. That's crazy. Oh, the internet people are doing crazy tricks. People are doing crazy tricks. It's a freaking tidal wave of crazy tricks <laughs> on the internet. But the video of you going and turning and buying you the turns looked good. <laughs> they Dang. were they were like the stee. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was the most powerful shit I've seen on the internet in fucking years. <laughs> like it, it it's. It, I love the, what you're saying, and, and it doesn't have to change because you're inspiring people as much as you ever could by just <laughs> going and turning because you feel something. It made, me feel, it made us all feel something and feel for you. So you're inspiring everybody. It's fucking beautiful, Tay. That's nice. You know, I think in the beginning it was so hard to navigate. Like, I think initially I thought, like, well, I'm only – okay, this flare-up's only going to last three months, and then I'm fucking good. We're good. Back to normal. Like, I'm going to film a part again. I'm going to do all these things. And then suddenly it was, you know, maybe six months in, I, I realized, like, oh, fuck, this might be a lifelong disability. It, it might not be, but it might be. And I had to go through a whole other acceptance process. And along with that came a mourning process, you know, of wow, this is real. Like, it was real as fuck before, but it was, it's more real now because once I started to feel better, I was, I was still disabled. And so, you know, that was like a whole nother morning process. And I, I think going snowboarding that day, it all made sense again. Like that morning process and all of that, like kind of came to a close because it's like, oh yeah, this is my why. And I, I don't have to live in self-doubt and, you know, the fear of the unknowns, like I can, I can just lean into what I love. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but, um, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm kind of flashing back to, I think it was this summer. Um, we had gone to the, my pool, yeah. which was awesome. And we had a conversation and, you know, you were talking about the future and you were talking about a vision and you were talking about how you work in a snowboard again and you work in a snowboard still and that you're going to hit the Lawler ledge, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is one unfinished job I'd like to accomplish one day. <laughs> but you did it. Like, you've done it. Like, you're, you're, it's so inspirational. Like, you had a goal and you had a job and you, you did it. Like you fucking did it and you're going to keep doing it. Like, I just think, I think, you know, we, we all have hurdles with our life or in relationships or job or, Oh, I didn't get to go snowboarding or whatever. Like it's so minuscule in comparison to like the achievements that you've made. And oh, thanks fans. You know. It means a lot. Fancy's my best friend. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Yeah. 
um, yeah, she knows me better than anyone in the world besides Brandon, you know? I mean, she's like my soul, one of my soulmates in life and she's known me through all the things, <laughs> all the, all the highs, all the lows. Um, so it means a lot to hear you say that. Thank you fans. Yeah. Another effect it has too on what you're doing is taking an entitled prick like myself. <laughs> <laughs> when I go snowboarding, I'm like, it's gray bird. Uh, <laughs> I want to. Uh, let's just go down. Like, it's, and then I watch this, and your appreciation for just wiggling and ripping some. T- you were actually you were not just like going down the hill. You were shredding. Mind <laughs> uh, it, it has an effect on all of us. Where you're like, hey, hey asshole, like appreciate what you got. Go get some for the people that can't. Go get some. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's like that's the feeling I get from it. It's like fucking. You know, like we we gotta we gotta get it and and be appreciative <laughs> for getting it. So, you're inspiring on a lot of a lot of levels deeper than you know you, just your personal journey. It's t- it's touching a lot of people. Oh, that's really nice. You know, I I think, you know, my experiences don't diminish anyone else's experiences. Like what I'm going through doesn't diminish what someone else is experiencing. Like every single person on earth is going to have incredible adversity in their lifetime and things that truly hurt and make you question your reality and what you're doing and why. Um, and I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, just, just find your gratefulness for what, what you're able to do. And, uh, and I don't know who cares what the people think about you doing it. Who fucking cares? Like, just do it because you love it. Because at the end of the day, snowboarding is just this, piece of wood and plastic that we were like yeah I think this is going to be my life partner (laughs) and it's like it's kind of silly but like it's given everyone that we know who's a snowboarder a why and like this thing to like it's like everyone's north star you know and um and I think everyone is so much closer to having one cell change you're one cell change away from something like this happening to you you know, and that's the reality. So, so live it like it's your last and love it and appreciate it and be fucking nice to everybody. Be nice to people because you don't know what they're fucking going through. You know, like mine's visible. You can see what I'm going through. Um, but it doesn't diminish that people are going through invisible battles, you know, and um, I think that's just important to touch on, you know. Absolutely. And then. And then to go even another layer deeper too, it's like, you know, the, there's a lot of s- people that are hurting and kind of living unconsciously. And the reality is, is that people that are hurting are the ones that are mean to others, like hurt people hurt others. And so mm-hmm. you can have empathy. If somebody's being really mean, you can be like, damn, it's gotta be, you gotta be hurting down beneath that. And you can have empathy for people that are being mean. Cause you know that they're not in a good place in yeah. the sense. And it's like, People that love themselves love others. Yeah. People that hate themselves hate others. And I think that like what you're doing is like going to the root of like, like you said, loving yourself, going inward, finding peace, even though you're in a place that is the hardest to find peace. And people are going to listen to you when you talk about it because you are dealing with adversity on the highest level. And so we all want to know how do we be okay? Mm -hmm. And we're looking to you and you're doing a great job. Mm. That's nice. Um, there's no roadmap to it. Just, just start by sitting with yourself in silence and just 
That's going to suck too, by the way, (laughs) in the beginning. (laughs) You're like, oh, God, I don't want to go into that. Like I don't want to look there because it hurts, Um, you know, but once you start to unpack those things, you can truly take a look at yourself and, and, you know, sit with the things that have caused you pain, invite it to the table and then, and then let it go and say, you know, thanks for coming to dinner, but I have other things to do now. You know, I've acknowledged you. I felt the pain. I sat with it. And then I let it go. And I'll probably revisit it again. But, you know, try to be really conscious of, like, when you're approaching things in your brain, you know, don't don't let it become a spiral because I'm a spiraler. Like, I will spiral out of control if it's – if I'm going there, I'm going there. Like, I'll go down <laughs> the fucking rabbit hole. Um, but, you know, like meditation, breath work, qigong, painting – Uh, snowboarding, skateboarding, all these things, like that brings you into the present. And when you're there, you're untouchable. When you live there, you're invincible. Nothing around you is going to, can hurt you as that, as much, like, you know, like, because you're living in the present moment and you're like, wow, that it's a really nice day out. Like, wow, look at, look at that flower or, you know, and you know, another thing, like you can't run from your problems when you can't walk. So, hey, <laughs> I don't know. Take it. Take it from me. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> wow. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are facts, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, amazing. Now, I've been spending some time with Butters. He recommended a book to me called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm-hmm. I just recently read it. I heard you read it. Yeah. Do you have, did it help you through your journey? It changed my life. Uh, that book and Journey of Souls changed my life. It, um, it really helped me find an acceptance of death and it inspired me to do, try regression therapy. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, anything anyone believes in religion wise, good for you because it gives people a passion. It gives you a purpose. And for me, it just like, it unlocked this beauty of death and this beauty of acceptance of loss. And, you know, I mean, when you really think about it, like you're born and then you die. Those are the two most inevitable things in your lifetime. And then on top of that love, if you choose, if you choose to have love in your life, that's another one. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's special for me. It definitely changed my life. When I was going through the loss of Rue, I, I read those books and I have found so much comfort and acceptance of death and loss. And, um, just knowing that it's, it's beautiful beyond, you know? And yeah. Amazing. Love talking about death. <laughs> I know that weirds <laughs> people out. Like, yeah. oh, don't talk about death. Oh, jeez, no. Oh, uh, uh, bell, 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 bell. Like, this guy's talking. It's fucking great. We're all going to die. Yeah. Let's fucking sniff it out and see what it's all about. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Makes life a little lighter, would you say? Yeah, totally. When you can find acceptance for death, like, you're going to have a great life. Because you're not scared. Like, fear of death and fear of the future and fear of the past and anger at the past, like, all those things... I mean, at the end of the day, they're unnecessary worries because we don't have control over when we're going to go. We don't have control over who we're going to lose. So when you see your friend, like, or when you go snowboarding or, you know, it's like the same idea of like, treat it like your last. Treat every, every day like your last. And, you know, just treat people with kindness because you never know what's going to happen. Let's get mystical. (laughs) 
<laughs> you believe in reincarnation? Yes. Hmm. I do. I believe in the travel of souls and that when you die, you go to the soul space. Um, and then when you're there, you have a meeting with like your spirit guides and they kind you kind of go through your life that you had just lived um, and see what you can work on. And, and then you go back down to earth and live another life. And I think kind of like what the book says, it's like when you die, that's like the beauty, like, you know, the human experience is the suffering and that's where you're going to go through all the adversity and hardships. And then when you die, you're in pure bliss again and you're just surrounded by souls and spirits and everybody that you've known and loved all in one place, welcoming you with open arms then you come back down and do it again? Yeah, do it again. And then, then you do it again? Do it again. And you do it again? Yeah, you do it again. And then you realize that the fucking unpaid light bill or whatever is <laughs> not the biggest problem in the world because yeah. you're in this meat vessel for a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then you're going to be in another one in a little while longer. Yeah. And have fun while you're here. Yeah, totally. Good stuff. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Getting into some deep philosophical, mystical. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Uh, have you ever read any Michael Singer? Um, no, I haven't. But Tethered Soul. Uh, um, I'm gonna get you a book. If you yeah, have. give me a book. I got. I'm gonna give it to you. I can't think of one. Like maybe in the past, I've you know I've always in growing up always tried to find some sense <laughs> of spirituality, whether or not I was doing it right or wrong. Um, so maybe, but I'd like to try again. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's just cool to see your peacefulness in this, in the, in the circumstances, you know. And a lot of his, a lot of the Michael Singer stuff that that I subscribe to is really, it's really, you know, interesting because you you look at a lot of our struggles come from the life. Life isn't the way we want it to be, whatever that is, right? Like I'm not making enough money. This person's not making enough money. I'm my dog died, my mom died, whatever the thing is. And like, I can't accept it because life isn't the way I want it to be. But then I think about yourself, like life isn't the way you like accepting MS is, is pushed to the extreme. That's gnarly to accept. Okay. I have this, like life isn't the way I want it to be. Okay. Well, how do I be okay? It's not external circumstances. You can't solve internal problems from external solutions. Like, if the, like, me buying a new house isn't going to help the fact that I'm miserable from some type of internal trauma or whatever, right? It's like, it's all of the, all of the answers are inside of us. And I, and I love that you are, the, are going in the direction of solving your problems by going inward and not looking at this person's problem, this person's problem, mm-hmm. this is the problem, so I don't have to take a look at myself, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that, like, I just love the way you're going about your journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, to me, it feels there's no other way, you know, I don't want to get back to the dark place, yeah. the dark places I've been in, I, you know, and, and I don't have control. I mean, if anything, MS has taught me that life is so fucking unpredictable and, you know, I mean, I never in my life would be like, oh, I'm probably going to lose my ability to walk one day. You know what I mean? Like, I, you, don't, you don't think about it. <laughs> then you're like, oh shit, they go, it's gone. Um, but you know, I think, um, yeah, it's just life can still be beautiful, even yeah. though your circumstance sucks. Yeah. I but think it's okay to not be okay, too, right? For like, sure. Absolutely. Good point. 
And I'm not, I don't want to downplay and say that my journey with MS has only been beauty because there has been immense mourning and immense loss um, and immense ego stripping and panic attacks. And like those don't just go away. I think my philosophy on being happy and happiness is more along the lines of I have a, I'm having a bad day. But before I go to bed, maybe I'll have a moment to say, I'm still grateful for this. And then when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to set my intention and try to have a better day. Um, it's not just I'm so elated all the time right. because life is still hard. Life is still challenging. I still fucking cry and break down because of the I can'ts. You know, like that's inevitable. I don't I don't know. We're all human beings. We're all living the human experience. And um, yeah, it's not, but it's not easy for anybody nobody's experience is going to be flawless and perfect and beautiful. Like, you know, the, you know, you look at these picture perfect families, like that have it all, you know, like those people are hurting too. Yeah. Everybody's hurting. And, um, I think it's just like trying to get back to the light when you go and have those, like I have days where I lay in bed all day and I fucking cry and I have a pity party and it's like, fuck this, you know? And then the next morning it's like, okay, I did that. Now today I'm going to try to find like peacefulness and happiness and, and do my stupid breath work again, you know, <laughs> because like I don't want to all the time, yeah. but then it's like, just fucking do it. Um, yeah, it's important. Like I'm, I'm not living in pure bliss, if that makes sense, but always finding it again. You, you said something yesterday. I thought it was cool. Uh, talking about how with your sisters and how, you know, you guys go, you got the dogs, you guys are cruising around like it's chaotic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But how that also helped set you up for this human experience now. Yeah. I thrive in chaos. I've lived it my whole life. I thrive in it. So to me, I'm kind of looking at it as like, well, this is just another chaotic bump in the road that I have to get through. And I guess I'll continue to have to. I don't know. But I guess. But can't go into the into the future because it's terrifying. I mean, it, it's the future is terrifying because there's so many questions. Will I be in a wheelchair? Will I, will I lose all my abilities? Will I have to, you know, will I not be able to use the restroom? Will I not be able to do all these things? Like, will I be, you know, incapacitated completely one day? Like to me, I can't go there because I might not come back from that. You know, I can't, I mean, as soon as I touch into the into that whirlwind effect, it's like it's fucking over. And that's why it's like just and I call it a battle for the present because it's a fucking battle mm-hmm. because there's days where I don't want to fucking be in the present. I want to go back to doing what I love, how I love to fucking do it. I want to go there. I want to go back to Japan when I didn't know this was going to fucking happen, you know, but like so it's like. I have to battle for the future. It's a full-time fucking job. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it, you know? And there is beauty in the chaos. All right. Uh, I have a guest question from one of the triplets, and her name is Riley, and she's your sister. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Tay, it's Ry. Um, My question for you is, after being diagnosed with MS, um, what positive things have shown up for you, and how has the snowboard community shown up for you and loved you in a way that you never could have imagined? 
<laughs> hey, Rye. I love you. I love you, too. She's the best. Um, God, I was blown away by the support from the snowboard industry. Um, my sisters set up a GoFundMe for me. And I, my pride, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, we're not going to have one, even though, like, we definitely were run dry financially with all the treatments and I couldn't work and all the things. And then, uh, and then, you know, she posted it without telling me. And I was like, and me and Brandon were like, okay, well, you know, if we make rent this month, that's amazing. And then, I mean, it surpassed rent. Um, I think it was up, it was over $30,000. And I mean, it was life changing. It allowed me to live my life without working. Um, yeah, I mean the snowboard community, you know, to be honest, I always felt like I was on the outside of the community. Um, I never felt, I, I, and I did that to myself. I always felt alienated. I felt like I didn't fit in. I didn't belong. I wasn't cool. Um, and then when that happened, like it just clicked. Like this community does have my back an overwhelmingly amount, you know, and I, I belong here and I am a snowboarder and it's crazy that I, I didn't come to that realization until, um, after my diagnosis, but, um, I did. So thank you to everybody for that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love it. Love to see this community rally together. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think maybe we should change gears for a second here. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know what segment I think it's good for? Maybe Silk or Cocard. You guys might know which one we're getting into. I think we might be doing a name that video part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. We always ask our guests today, what's your confidence level zero through 10? Honestly, it's a zero. <laughs> a zero? I'm not very good at, at uh, memorizing things. Mm, or, okay. you know, I'll watch it and then I'll forget what the okay. song was or whatever. So who knows? All right. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. Going in, no expectation. Here we go. Is this a Brandon part? Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> um, okay, this is an absinthe movie. No, this is the Capita movie. Is this the DOA? Did we just watch this last night? And I don't know it? Is it? I think it's DOA 2, Future Islands. Uh, the first one. First with DOA is 1. Is this, uh, this? Yes, yeah, the Birdman part. DOA 1. Okay, you got it. You got it. We're gonna count that. You got it. That was <laughs> I think just yeah, by like the, the you have to get on the ground. I birdmaned you. Yep. So this okay. We don't have camera footage of this, but this is it's happening. Yeah. You want to narrate what's happening? Okay. For um, I got Brandon with the birdman. I'm gonna be honest with everybody. It, I've never successfully done it until right now. He deflects <laughs> every time. The one time in life I let my guard down. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, though. You got me. Signature yep. Brennan move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I thought I thought this would be a fun one because, like, if you mm-hmm. didn't get the name that video part, like, maybe that could be, like, a problem later later on for you guys. <laughs> home, you know, like... We would have had to talk like, about that, yeah. Like, Brandon's just like, you know, I'm just really upset. Uh, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just like, I just, you know, I thought you supported me, and I thought it could maybe be a bit of an... Could be fun if it was an issue, you know. Yeah, dis- he's she, disappointed. She got it, and then she birdman me and got me 
got me good. You got to vacuum the carpet, by the way. Yeah. yeah I was just <laughs> down there. It's a little dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Fill the dogs are regular. Yeah. The vac. You know, a little fun fact. Our vacuum broke. We're currently vacuumless here at the ball. Oh. Um, Jules ordered one. It was maybe the biggest pile of shit vacuum I've ever seen. Before, <laughs> so. Was that a Black Friday deal? It was just, yeah, I don't know what it, I don't know what was happening. If she was like smoking crystal mess before she <laughs> this thing or what, but uh, didn't function well. So anyway, yep. Sorry, we'll get we'll get the, get on that. We got to do some vacuuming. Thanks for pointing that out, Co Card. You're welcome. Okay, let's get back to the show here. Part two of name that video part is for our listeners. If you know the song, comment on the photo of Tay on Instagram with the rider in the part, and that's where we pick our winner. And what did they get, Silk D? Uh, I think you get a very exciting sticker pack. A prize pack. Wow. Yeah. But don't expect much in there. Okay. Yeah, I think the prize pack is stickers. I think people think they're going to get like a refrigerator box of bombhole merch. It's just you get some stickers and, and a nice note. And uh, any rate, thank you for playing. Uh, here's the song. I know that one. Say it. We'll beep it up. Oof. That's correct. Oof. Wow. Shout out. What? Let's get you a prize pack. <laughs> Let's get you a prize pack after this. You earned a prize pack. Oh, too. thank you so much. Fancy. And you've been doing a great job hosting. Oh, I got to do the outro song. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video. That was part. fun. What do you want to talk about, Fancy? What do I want to talk about? Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Really, what I want to talk about is, um, you know, like, Taylor's gone through all these changes and all this kind of stuff. Let's talk about backcountry Tay in the rubies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So where'd we go? We went to the rubies. What are in the rubies for Elko. the listeners, not me, because I know what they are? Gosh dang. So they are a mountain range in the middle of Nevada. There's no ski resort. We went out there on a snowmobile trip, and the mission was to climb this Kular terminal cancer. Yeah. I'm not a Kular person. <laughs> Just so everybody's aware, I grew up in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm a jib girl, and... So a couple months into my sobriety, Fancy and Keith are like, let's go to the Rubies. And Madison was there too. Shout out Madison Blackley, my best friend. Um, love you. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, cool, we're going to hike a cooler. Like I got a cotton shirt on, baggy pants, not Gore-Tex. And then we, decide, then we get there and she's like, it's that one. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Up. That is not like intro to Kular, you know? And it wasn't good snow at all. And instead of splitboarding the approach, we decided to post hole the whole the way. The only good snow we had the entire day was yeah. on the approach. Was post holing, and it took forever. How long did it take us to get to the top? 19 hours. Like, it felt know. like a lifetime. And uh, I mean, but we made it, and we didn't have crampons. We should have. The snow was not good. But uh, we made it, we snowboarded down it. Um, Keith climbed like a crazy ice wall just so that he could get a photo of our approach. And we were like, dude. And he was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then later he's like, no, it was really fucking sketchy up there. (laughs) But he did get a cool photo. So props. Shout out Keith. He's been our forever filmer, photographer, always through and through. 
Uh, we, give, we should probably give him maybe the, should we give him the super air horn? Yes, absolutely. Horn. Yeah. He's also in the lobby looking yeah. at us right now. Yeah. Making eye contact. Yeah. He's giving us uh, yeah, metal horns right now. We love him. <laughs> Shout okay. out, Keith. Continue. Um, but yeah, and then we snowboarded down it, and it was terrifying. I think I cried after <laughs> more than during. Like, I was, I mean, I was shaking the whole time. It was ice. It was horrible. And Fancy's like, you want to go first? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not ready. Like, my goggles were, like, all messed up. My <laughs> GoPro is looking in the wrong way. And I'm just like, zip up and go. Okie dokie. Here we go. And, um, yeah, I mean, I made it. But... I, I don't know. Maybe I'll become a Kular person. I'm glad we did it, but definitely, yeah. definitely had a moment of like, what? It was hilarious. Like yeah. the entire experience was hilarious. The snow could not have been any more terrible. It was rock solid. We're literally looking at it the, the night before, like through binoculars. We like drove up there. And we're like, oh my god, it looks like fresh powder. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be so sick. <laughs> it looks mental when people hit it good, though. Yeah, it looks. Oh, it looks like, like a yeah. dream. Yeah, there's that um, video on YouTube of those Nitro Boys riding yeah. it, and oh. they just crush it. Like that's what we envisioned ourselves. That's what we doing. thought we were gonna do. <laughs> that is not at all. No, what we did. We had to kick like three times into the snow each step mm-hmm. just to get a stepping. Mm-hmm. Um, did it? Check. Hey, um, but next day you drop that cliff. Yeah, I think I dropped a little micro cliff. I've been known to drop some micro cliffs or big cliffs and then eat shit. Um, Yeah. All right, we got another question from Keith, who's sitting in the lobby right now. (laughs) All right, this next guest question is presented by Hippies. Now, here at the Bomb Hole, we love hammering snacks at the office. And our snack of choice is always Hippies. They're delicious, and they're actually good for you. A lot of snacks that I buy that are healthy taste like you're chewing on cardboard. I don't know why I buy them because they're disgusting. Not the case with hippies. They're delicious. I love the nacho vibes packed full of flavor. They taste great. They're non-GMO and they're made from chickpeas. Now the cool thing is they're farmed. these chickpeas are farmed with 10% of the water than most proteins. So you're using 90% less water taken from Mother Nature. Support sustainable farming with sustainable snacking. And if you're interested in getting some hippies, you can find them at your local grocery store or hippies.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order at hippies.com. Here we go. Hey, BOMBHOLE. This is Keith Rutherford. I have a question for Taylor. What was your hype song this year while you were (laughs) filming for Here For You? And my second question is, can you tell me a little bit about your first trip to Japan and how you missed your flight? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Look forward to the answers. Double header, Keith. Love you, Keith. Um, my hype song was Lady Gaga. And um, why am I blanking? Shallow. Shallow. Yeah. It's you know a real hard hitter. Yeah. The, were you just singing it? We yeah. were just singing oh, it. Oh, it's from the movie. From the movie. What? I'm off the deep end. I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. Bradley Cooper? Yep. I'll never leave the ground. It's a really sad movie. Maybe you guys could try to recreate what you're doing off air and actually do a little acapella. Yeah. Yeah. I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never leave the ground. Wow. Sorry. Um, Yo, that was 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 some Tay and Fasia. You know, I'm (laughs) 
I'm not a singer, but damn, that felt good. That felt really great. Um, felt like we nailed it. I feel like you guys have been called the songbird of our generation. Now, <laughs> potentially. Put me in the band, Brandon. <laughs> um, come on. Give me a chance. Um, okay. Uh, question. So the first one, Lady Gaga. Second one, Japan. Oh, yeah. First time I went to Japan. So like a week before we went, I worked at a boot fitting shop with Keith as the front desk girl. I was not good at my job, but I was making some money. I was saving for Japan. I was going to go. It was like my first trip out of the country. I was so stoked. And then a week before, I tacoed a rail because I couldn't commit to a cab went on to like the tiniest rail. I deserved it. No commitment. I had commitment issues. <laughs> um, so I like dislocated some ribs and broke one, maybe two. I don't know. And then I was like, I'm still going. And they're going on a film trip. But I was like, at this point, I was like, I'm going. I've never been out of the country. Like, I'm going to live my best life. And I made so many friends. I was bopping around. They were filming. I would go to bars and come home with besties. Like, oh, my God, living my best life. We had you the know? best time in Japan. It was awesome. Um, and then, I, so I, my friends that I had made, I went with them to go to this premiere. And I was like, see you later, guys. Like, I'm fucking out. I'm going to explore Japan solo and uh, go to this premiere, have so much fun. The next day, we're supposed to fly out. And I was like, I'll make it. It's fucking fine. Um, yeah. Woke up, get on a bullet train, and then it's like, oh, your bullet train is, you're like two hours away. My flight is in two hours. And my bag is at the hotel. And I was like, can you guys grab my bag? And they were like, no. <laughs> no. You fucked up. Ooh. And I, well, I did fuck up. I was on a, a trip. I was on spring break. You know, I was having the best time. Um, and then, to be honest, like, part of me, I didn't want to go home. I was having so much fun. Um, so I'm on the bullet train. No way was I going to make my flight. Like, I'd still go to the airport. I just said, fuck my bag. I left my bag. Just went to the airport and was like, okay, I think I'm going to make it. No, didn't make it. And then they were like, well, it's the same price to change your flight to the flight tomorrow or the next day. And I was like, three days from now. <laughs> three days from now. And then uh, I met this amazing woman. So I go to the bar. I get my bag, by the way. And then I go to this bar, and I'm, like, sitting there drinking my tequila, thinking I'm, like, hot shit in Japan by myself. Like, this is my live, laugh, love moment. This is it. Like, I am discovering the world by myself. Like, small town Tay. She's out there. Um, and then, yeah, this wonderful woman, I'm sitting there and then I'm on the dance floor by myself. Like, I don't know anybody. It's great. And then this wonderful, amazing woman, I can't even remember her name, like comes up to me and she's like kind of bodyguarding me. And then she gets me a shot and then I get her a shot. And then we end up spending three days together. And this woman like partied harder than me. Like she would smoke two packs a day. And she was also like the sweetest, most amazing woman. And, uh, so I'm in Narita and she has like a place there and so then she takes me to clubs throughout the night we went to like a justin bieber themed club and like you know she's like bodyguarding me and also dancing and having fun and then um and then we went to see the narita san temple with her she's like showing me all her favorite cafes taking photos on her little disposable camera like for her book of tourists that she like collects like all the photos from all of her experiences and then um she took me to this like reiki healing like she was like we're gonna go to lunch and or she wasn't we didn't she didn't speak english i didn't speak japanese we're just speaking through like <laughs> good here okay 
and smiling and laughing. And then uh, she took me to this lunch where all of the women, all of her old, like her women, her friends, they're all like of the same age, like these like cute little grandmas. And they all do like a Reiki healing session on me because of my broken ribs and stuff. And it was so amazing and beautiful. And then I was out completely out of money. Um, and she, so then she took me to the airport, paid for my bags, oh. and sent me on my way. And I never saw her again. Only um, to an Elliot do you yeah. miss your flight, end up having the three best days of your life, yeah. find somewhere to live, yeah. <laughs> and find someone to take care of it you. It was great. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I wish I remembered her name. Grandma-san. That's what we'll call her. Unreal. Yeah. Coco, do you got anything to add to that? Um... I agree with you, Fancy, only to the Elliots. <laughs> <laughs> like, these angels come out of the woodwork and they just kind of help them along their way. And yeah, never fails. Oh. It just trusts and the world provides. Just put a smile on and say, thank you so much. And then there you go. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Fancy, though. I did well, leave I, you guys hanging. I think I had already gone home or I was staying later or something. You, Keith was. At the airport, yeah, like waiting for her, and I didn't make it. And then he flew home and like had an extra seat next to him and got to like stretch out. So he was, you know, yeah, I didn't. Make but he it. was very worried about you. And then my phone died, and I like yeah. didn't have a charger. Oh, and yeah. I'm at these clubs, and like two days later, I'm like, I got a phone charge, you know. And then finally, I get a hold of everybody, and I'm like, Yo, I'm still yeah. here. I'm coming home. We're good. Incredible. Yeah, legendary. Um. Fancy, maybe you could tee this up, but talking about a uh, too hard legendary moment uh, with the tampon. Ooh, <laughs> the tampon. Yeah, I don't even know if people even know about it anymore, you know? I tried to hide it for a long time. Yeah. I was like, nah, it wasn't me. Probably yeah. one of my sisters. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to tee it up. Wow. Um, too hard. The first, very first too hard. Danielle is a creative genius, editing master, amazing snowboarder, great friend. <laughs> we love you. Um, I, so the first couple years of Too Hard, I was actually super involved, so it was great. And Danielle's editing this video. She shows it to me, and I'm kind of doing more business stuff. She's all creative. And there's a shot of this little blonde girl. I have no idea who she is. And she's swirling a tampon over her head. A used tampon over her head. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about this. She was like, it's okay. Who is it? It's Taylor Elliott. Is she okay with it? No. I, no. Think, I think she's okay with it. No. That's what she told me. I wasn't okay with it. We love you, Danielle. But, but it was but legendary. Whatever. Yeah. Looking back, like, fucking, that's core shit, you know? Hell yeah, you are so That's so core. Rock. Like, if I knew what I was standing for, I was standing for something. <laughs> but, like, at the time, I was just 17. Like, she's like, do some crazy shit. And I was like, well, yeah, I got this. Um, <laughs> and then I begged her not to put it in. And then I just also was, like, so honored to be a part of it. Like, I was still in high school. I was 17. Madison was taking me to these spots. And this image of too hard, like... It's, I just, I wanted to be a part of it so bad. Um, and I was just a kid, you know? Um, looking back, like, fuck it. That's cool. I don't care that it happened. But when I was 17 and fragile, like, it was the worst thing that could have happened to me. Um, but, you know, I, it is what it is. It's like, just what, a tampon. It's just a tampon. Like, yeah. that is such, like, a um, an ode to feminism and, like, 
you know, like yeah. it's such a funny subject for people. Like it's such a, there's such a fear instilled and now it's like, yeah, that's fucking sick. Yeah, dude. It's so yeah. sick. Like, but at the time terrified, I didn't have anything I stood for because I was just trying so hard. I like, we just wanted to be a part of this like amazing thing that was happening, you know, still in high school, just like, I'm going to snowboard on street rails. Like, fuck yeah. And then was hit, hitting them and eating shit and figuring it out the hard way, you know, like I did not have the talent to be there. I don't think I did. Like I had the balls. I was like, well, I'll fucking hit this fucking thing. <laughs> and then, yeah, I would. Yeah. Wouldn't go well. I don't do it again. But you're 17. You're, you're young. You're fearless. Yeah. And, you know, I you're think, part of something. I think we haven't talked about this this morning. First of all, too hard, I think, changed women's snowboarding for sure, right? We know that there was like Peep Show and Lipstick and all the others that came before that. But I mean, God, Too Hard was sick. Yeah, I think. Highly entertaining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it came at a time in snowboarding where the industry was not ready for a bunch no. of crazy fucking bitches doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah, Too Hard was fucking core as fuck at the time. Like it was like, you know, it was a thing. And whatever has, whatever evolved later on, like, with too hard, like it doesn't even matter. Like it has its place in history and what Danielle did was amazing, you know, and, and gave all of these women a platform. Like I would say 99% of the women who came up with, with snowboarding started there, like in street yeah. snowboarding. I mean, you know, like that was it. That I was see like, a lot of names that are sharpening their teeth in those early ones. Mm -hmm. But I remember we were talking about this yesterday, like looking back on those videos, I remember the comments were Oh, yeah. Gnarly. I got annihilated. Yeah. Taylor and I were talking about this morning, like, Yobi, love it, hate it. It's part of history. But dang, it was harsh, man. Yeah. I was 17 and people were so ruthless. Like, it scared me. Like, they were the keyboard warriors at its worst, you yeah. know, because it's not just like, oh, it's this person. Like, people had alter Ego. alias, yeah, for egos, people, aliases, for yeah. and then they would just say the most derogatory shit. Yeah. Um, and then after that, like, I was like, I'm getting out of Salt Lake. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like I belonged there. Um, after that whole incident, like, I really felt like pushed out. And then I moved to Tahoe and, um, you yeah. know, but that's all a part of the journey of who I am today, too. Yeah. For people who don't know, Yobeat was a internet video hosting website that um, was an anonymous platform. So people could really comment. Um, whatever they wanted to say, you know, it was really interesting mm -hmm. how people, you know, were hiding behind this shield and saying these things. Like we talk about like women snowboarding, like historically and God, it was freaking nasty, but we, mm -hmm. I mean, we still did it and we loved it. And I mean, I don't know. It was harsh. I wasn't the direct critic of a lot of the comments. So I, I don't know. It was, but that brutal. also led me on more of a war path of like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Do my thing. Like, I'm not doing it for anyone else, like doing it for me and I love it. And I definitely hid out from the industry for a while. Like I felt like I needed to, um, which is funny looking back, like who cares? It's just oh, like, totally. who cares? Why does it matter? But I was 17, you know? And I was like, ah, oh, like everybody hates me, but like nobody did. They're just a bunch of young kids on their computers. Maybe. Well, yeah, probably not even young, but yeah, totally. <laughs> Maybe I mean, young. The <laughs> Maybe anonymous grown thing, adults. they threw shade everywhere, too. Yeah. Dudes, you know, I, I remember getting shit on, on there. And it's, it is interesting when you're young, it doesn't roll off. 
Like it, no. it hits you no. and you're insecure and you're still not even sure who you are. Yeah. And so, and you're, you know, trying to figure it out and it just fucking stings a little more. Totally, totally. That also, you know, I, I feel like that was like just another confirmation for people to say the triplets are crazy. You know, like we all lived in this, like when there's three of you doing the thing and we came onto the scene and it was a tornado effect because it is chaotic energy. It's a lot of us and it's like loud and we have opinions and it's like, you know, we came on strong and, um, it definitely was like the beginning of like this umbrella effect of like a large part of the industry being like, they're crazy. Um, and so then I leaned into that and I was like, yeah, I'm fucking crazy. (laughs) Watch out. Like I'll bite back. Um, Obviously, like, looking back, like, it all stemmed from insecurities, right? Like, you put up your wall, and you go, ah, like, well, now my wall's so high, no one can break through it. Like, I'm tough. I don't care. When I did care. But I was like, nah, like, I'm I'm untouchable. Like, we're good. Like, um, but, you know, deep down, I'm just a sensitive person. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that really hurt my feelings. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? You're oh, just yeah. a kid trying to figure out life and... um you know, we moved out of our house at such a young age. Like, we didn't have that much guidance. It was just, like, nobody was showing us the rules of life. No one, like, I didn't feel like, like, too hard was, like, this sense of, like, new family that we had. And, like, this new group of people who, like, really cared about us. Like, I met Fancy and Madison and some of my longest friends through too hard, you know. And, um, yeah, so it's fun to reflect just because, like, looking back, like my heart hurts for younger me because, you know, I, I felt so unseen that I, I had to do something to make my fel- myself be seen, you know? And, and at the time, like maybe it was in, in bad context, but like, I didn't know. I was 17, like I was living on my own and I was like, I was a snowboarder and I was, I was, you know, these things, but like realistically, like I was running away from years and years of trauma and chaos and and like me and my sisters were just like trying to figure out life like we were like a bunch of lost puppy dogs looking for a home and some place to land where we were loved if that makes sense uh, yeah absolutely yeah um okay let's talk cb days now cb days is a wellness company crafting recovery products for athletes made with cbd a compound from the hemp plant known for reducing inflammation. It was founded by snowboarders DCP and Frank Bourgeois in March of 2020. They developed a unique anti-inflammatory tropical called the OG Muscle Gel. This unique blend of 24 essential oils is designed to be fast absorbed by the skin and deliver the relief from CBD within minutes. This gel has built a reputation for speeding up your recovery time The best feedback comes from post-surgery trauma, ligaments, muscular inflammation, and arthritis. Now, CBD's products are endorsed and used daily by many legends and upcoming riders, like Kurt Wastel, Bjorn Linus, Pat Fava, Ryan Paul, and many more. And even myself, too. I love it. Their mission is to help the snowboard community getting after it by offering 100% natural and effective recovery solutions. You can find CB Days at your local shops such as Wave Rave, Dark Side, Underground Snowboards, Snowshed New York, and other premium retailers who care about your health. 
If you have lingering injuries right now and love to try CBDays product, you can hop on cbdays.com and score a 30% discount by using code BOMBHOLE30 and start addressing your pain right now. Just head on over to cbdays.com and enter promo code BOMBHOLE30 to put your hands on the famous OG muscle gel, tinctures, and other awesome CBD recovery products. Wanted to see if you want to talk about your latest project here for you. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So here for you came in a really cool time in my life. You know, when I went sober two years ago, I was like, I'm done snowboarding. Like I had, I have failed at snowboarding. I failed at drinking. I have failed at all these things. Like I didn't ever feel like I did what I wanted to do in the uninvited. I never felt like I had achieved any of my goals. So I, I lived in absolute sense of like overwhelming failure. And then I, I worked at this restaurant and everyone, and it's called Finca. Shout out Finca fam. Um, I know they're all going to tune into this. Um, and these, these women I worked with became some of my closest friends and, you know, they helped me get through some of this, the crazy isolating time of my life, you know? And it was just like, I didn't have much, but I could go to work and I knew I felt loved there, you know, and I had support. Um, and with that, I met McKenna and she's a skier. And we were just talking like, oh, what are you going to do this year? Like, I don't know. What are you going to do? And then we we're like, let's just do something together. Like, fuck it. Like, we, you know, we didn't care. Like, we didn't, we don't have longstanding brands to be like, here, this is what you're going to do. So we were like, let's just make something together. And then, um, yeah, it was awesome. We like somehow got funding from like Rogue Avenues, like uh, Thread Wallets um, and NARS, which is like a... Um, it's, it's like Ethereum. It's like um, NFT. It's like kind of like a subculture. Like we had to get creative with funding. Um, and then like Vantage Vintage supported us and Autumn Headwear. But so then it was like, oh, we're doing this. Like let's make it happen. And then we went to Japan. We went to Minnesota. We filmed a lot around here. And, and it was just amazing because for me, like I finally felt like confident in myself and I felt like I was doing what I was meant to be doing and I had support and there was no rules and I could create we could create this thing that like meant something to us personally and I've never felt better on my snowboard like you know after all that self-doubt like this this past winter I finally felt like I figured out my snowboard and myself and who I was and and um you know I guess like just striving to like, I was like, this is it. Like, this is my year. I'm going to find a place in the industry now like this. That's what it felt like. And I'm going to make it on my own. Like, I'm going to figure that out on my own. Like, it's like, is the industry ready for a ski snowboard movie? Like, probably not. But who cares? Because for me, like being in that environment was amazing. Like, you know, like it was filled with love and support and, and nobody was saying, this is exactly what we expect from you. And you know, these are the, the spots we want you to hit and you can't do certain things. Like we could just do it on our own. And it was, it was really special. Cool. I, I like it. I like what you said. And mm -hmm. I love, you can tell the vibe between you guys in the video that you're having fun and your friends and it feels authentic and it's cool to see, you know, personally, I'm guilty of absolutely shitting on skiing here on, on our <laughs> show sometimes. And it's, it's cool to see that, uh, you know, we we all coexist together in the space yeah. and, and uh, blur the blur the lines a little bit. It was great. And I'll be honest, like 
I didn't know anything about skiing. Like, you know, I, I didn't know, like, I had to learn, like, oh, this is how you hit spots. This is how you build spots. This is what you're interested in. Like, it was a whole new battle, you know, and not to say it wasn't challenging because it was, um, but it was also amazing and beautiful and felt like we did something um, for ourselves. Like, we didn't make it for everyone else, you know? Like, it was like, let's just do this for us because we both need a place to land and a place to feel inspired um, so yeah, that's kind of where that came from. And then Riley McKenna and now my friend Riley, he edited it and he did such a good job. He did a great job. He did a really good job. Yeah. Um, cool. Do you want to tee up anything? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to bring up like, so it was you, McKenna and, uh, Eureka mostly just oh, yeah. basically three writers in the movie, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about our Japanese family? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Yuribo and Tebow. Shout out. Absolute shout out. So we met them our first trip to mm-hmm. Japan and hit spots with them. And it was really cool to reconnect to this past year because I think, you know, we had both progressed so much in life and on our snowboards that it was really great to reconnect and like snowboard with her again at like such a different level than the first trip. Um, and Tebow and, and they just took us in like family and showed us around and here's a good spot here's another one you know like and took us to all the best restaurants and you know it's great it feels like we have a home away from home with them out in japan and uh, yeah really special and what's up with the bt bounds yeah i think that's a really interesting thing to talk about so um i mean i think so beyond the boundaries is an amazing uh women's specific snowboard camp that introduces women into the park maybe that have or haven't been in the park before and Taylor and I have been involved with uh, Christine and Mary Walsh they definitely get a shout out they are uh, hooking up the women's snowboard industry I think for sure um, you know they'll have camps that weekend camps here in the US and there's a hundred women who want to throw themselves at some metal and <laughs> learn how mm-hmm. to hit a jump and learn a new grab and learn the, you know, no grab zones and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, And Taylor and I, you know, we've been able to be a part of that for a long time. We've been to Chile together and Mm -hmm. um, New Jersey. Yeah. Kind of all around uh, giving back to these women. And I think it's, I'll let Taylor talk, but I mean, how do you feel about getting down to that core level and actually meeting these women? Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing in snowboarding because you get to hands-on introduce people to the thing that you love the most and it's also great because you're creating connections with people that you never would have like they're not inside this box of like core cool snowboarding right so they're they're the people that are buying the gear and who are so fascinated by snowboarding and snowboarding culture and like a lot of the women that have come to the camps have become lifelong friends just like I remember being on the chairlift with some of the women and I was like what do you do and it's like oh I'm a brain surgeon I was like huh (laughs) <laughs> wow. And, and, and then the woman next to her was like an, another, a surgeon of some other sort. And it was just so incredible. And they were like, what you're doing is so special. And I was like, what you're doing is special, you know, but like, it's, it's really cool to see what snowboarding at its core is again. And to watch someone learn a trick that they didn't think they could do. It brings you back to the, your first time doing these things, you know, and, and it brings back the original joy that snowboarding is. And, like, that thrill of learning something or hitting a box for your first time. Like, everybody remembers their first box, you know, or first jump you hit. 
Um, so it is, is really amazing. I, I love what Mary and Christine have accomplished. And I think they have really built a special place for snowboarding and they're, they're growing snowboarding, like for, especially for women, um, like they're, they're doing amazing things and it's special to be a part of it. Cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It's cool to think about too. You, it's like, you've been somewhere your whole life. You guys have been somewhere your whole life. You have all this information that seems just like what you do, you know, where to grab and not grab your snowboard. You know how to hit a box, you know how to hit a rail, but to somebody that's just learning, you guys have a lot to offer, you know, and I never really think about that, but that's fucking cool. Right. Yeah. You're like, Oh, like, cause every woman just wants to grab Tindy, right? Like, it's just like natural. Yeah. <laughs> it's so natural. Yeah. Um, doing like these little grab clinics. Like, it's so cool. And I'm like, why, why can't you grab there? And you're like, well, it's just not cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no grab zone. Yeah. You're like, snowboarding's complicated. There's this unwritten rule book. It's mm-hmm. like pretty vague, but you just, just don't grab there. Yeah. Just trust us on this one and don't <laughs> yeah. grab there. <laughs> I know I agree. Oh, okay. Coke card, you got a take here? I got a hot take. You want to grab Tindy, be my guest. You know, tweak it. Pull it up all crazy. Do what you got to do out there. If you're grabbing your snowboard and having fun, shouldn't matter. Love that, that. That's my. I get the other side of it. Like, yeah, there's this, you know, book of unwritten rules. But, you know, why? Yeah. Why can't you grab Tindy? It's I'm going to bring it back. All right, bring it back. And tailfish and <laughs> what's the other one? Newt. Newt. Nose mute? Yeah, nose mute. That's a good one. What about boot? What about, is boot still a go? Oh, is boot, boot is a never go? a go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm going to stand on, on my high ground over here, <laughs> <laughs> grab your boot. Do it. If you Hey, if you can touch your toes, like, that's, you're doing something right. Yeah. Okay, what about a heel cup on a method? Oof. Method heel cup. Yeah, I saw, you know, there's a lot of gray areas out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're asking some good questions, some really <laughs> thoughtful. We're getting philosophical over here. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just freaking snowboarding. And if you're having fun, you're doing it right. So True. Yeah. All right, BT Bounds ladies. Hope you heard that. Let let Brandon prevail. <laughs> you're setting you're setting these women up for failure by telling them to grab Tindy. <laughs> they're like, what? Don't listen to me. Nobody <laughs> Please don't. I'm in the back of the room over here. Don't pay attention to me. I was trying to get sponsored. Nobody sponsored me. <laughs> yeah. And they say it's because I grabbed Tindy, but Cocard told me I can grab Tindy. Right. My bad. <laughs> I like your philosophy. I'm just giving, I'm busting your balls, but I, um, it is, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I just got, you go, why can't you grab Tindy? Anybody ever really d- do a deep dive on that? Yeah. Who said? Who did create the rule? Who wrote that? I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, there was that Capita board that came out, uh, mm-hmm. Travis mm-hmm. Parker's yeah. Pro Model, and he X'd out all the places that, you know, you weren't supposed to grab. It's definitely a rule before then, though. Yeah, it might, yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> that was the first time, though, that I saw that, and I was like, oh, interesting. So I really looked up to <laughs> Travis. You know, he's like one of my favorite snowboarders of all time, so what, what he says is obviously cool to me, but I just, yeah, I n- never really questioned it. And as you guys were talking about it, I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't, why not just, you know. Respect, respect, yeah. be respect. like that take. That's a hot take. Mm-hmm. 
What else do you guys teach? What do we teach? I love teaching a tail press. Mm. Like teaching yeah. a woman, that like they're like, you know, they go and they try and like pull up their front foot to tail press. And then we just show them like standing still, like how to shift their weight around on their snowboard. Like it progresses their snowboarding so far. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing to teach. And Taylor, what about you? I love teaching fundamentals, but you know, there's also like some of the women who've been coming to camp forever are like, I want to do a back three onto a box. And I'm like, sure, <laughs> let's do it. And then they do it. And you're like, Phew. it's insane. It oh is my God. absolutely insane. Like it's power. Like these camps are powerful. They really are. Like women will learn like 10 tricks in the two days. Like it is insane. Like sometimes all it takes for a woman to feel more comfortable on their snowboard is another woman saying you can do it. And this is how. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's powerful stuff, really. It's cool, and then it makes you be like, "Well, I guess I should learn that trick." <laughs> you know, so the the women's only camps make women feel more comfortable because they're less intimidated. What what's the? I'm just curious. I think so. I got to take. Yeah, go ahead. I think, um, you know, we. Cha- God damn it! Um, <laughs> Permission to speak freely. Yeah. Most of the time when you go to the resort as a woman, you go with your dude, your dudes, right? Like your dude friends or your boyfriend or whatever. And like, I remember I would chase my brother around the mountain. I could falling leaf like so fast down a black mountain, black <laughs> diamond, like <laughs> just like no skill at all, just, but just wanted to keep up with them. And so I think about that all the time. It's like they're going up weekend on the weekend warrior style, chasing their guy friends around the mountain. And then it come, they come to the park and they go, just do it. How do I hit this box? Just do it. Whereas we take the time to like break it down to them because, you know, we've got our, our heads are always spinning too. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you do it? Like, let me think about it and then break it down and slow down it and tell them that they can. Right. Yeah. That's what I think. It creates a safe space for sure. Yeah. Just a safe space. You know, I think also it, it stemmed from Christine and Mary, like growing up, in the park, not having that, like it wasn't around and it was something the industry was missing, you know, and it's, it's a great way to get women and more involved in snowboarding, you know, and close the gender gap. And we found each other, right? Like Mm -hmm. we all have each other. I'll go snowboarding with Taylor, be like, Taylor, God, you're so good at doing hard way front ones. I suck at them. How do you do it? Right. And then we just like kind of chat through it and then she'll teach me a trick. Right. Like we have that and like opening up that opportunity to other women to find other chicks to ride with. Like because part of the program is you get added to a Facebook group. So you can be like, hey, I'm going up to Brighton this weekend. Mm -hmm. You want to get together. So it's a community thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you're here. You learn some tricks and you're out. You guys keep the the vibe going. That's gangster. Yeah. That's gangster shit. All right. BT Bounds. Well, I'm going to bring us back in here with a little. uh, Oh, he's good. (laughs) <laughs> That's young Dolly saying homies cooked. Uh, Brandon, that adds up. Brandon, Brandon didn't know that give because it, uh, Brandon no, doesn't have headphones. No headphones. Yep, yeah, here we go. Let's blind, see. Blind. Here we go. Homies cooked. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Had to, had to now give, you feel included. Had to bless, bless him with a homie. So. Um, let's talk about the project you got going on with Butters. I know he's been filming you. I spent a lot of time with Butters, a.k.a. Brock. Uh, Brown Cinema creative master, uh, for those who don't know. But, yeah, you guys have been making a doc. What's going on with it? Yeah, we're trying. I mean, um, you know, I think I've obviously never made a documentary. um, But 
trying to do all the things that you're supposed to do with like pitches and all of that and getting them dialed and, and going kind of up the ladder to see, to learn and, and figure out like where this is headed. Like we don't have a, we don't have like what it's going to look like yet, but, uh, Brock has just been kind of filming me doing random things like day to day in my life. And yeah, I think, you know, the goal of the documentary is, is I just want people to watch it and feel like what they're going through, like whatever it is, whatever adversity they're facing, um, that, that there's things you can do to get through it and, and hopefully find some type of inspiration or hopefully it reaches somebody who watches it and makes them feel like they can get through what they're going through too. Fuck yeah. That's amazing. You do that for me on a daily basis. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we should talk about it off air. I don't know where you're going with this thing, but we're happy to help uh, get firepower behind it and however you need to get this thing off loaded. Cause it's like, it's, it's one of those things where like, there's so much snowboard like trick videos, which mm-hmm. I love, built my life around, still <laughs> adore, still get me excited, but not quite like, like this is a whole different level of, I of think radness. It's, out, it's like, it's out of the umbrella of snowboarding. You know, I think anybody with a passion or anybody in the world can relate to what I'm going through in some way and, and hopefully take something from it. And if anything, live their life with a little bit more gratefulness and, and love. Love it. Now, Cocard submitted a guest question, um, which we could play through the headphones or you could do it live. Would we'll you like live. to do it live? <clears throat> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> What's up, bomb hole? <laughs> it's Brandon. Hey, Tay. Super excited to hear your episode. <laughs> Um, maybe you could tell us and the listeners um, about Star Child and who she is and where she came from. Thanks. <laughs> uh, first try. He just first yeah, nailed it. it. Um, Star Child is derived from my high psychedelic use <laughs> at a point in my life where I was trying to find the answers through psychedelics and. I found some answers, but the real star child would go to the wood, these like woods rave parties and like spin fire poi and, um, you know, all types of poi. And I was just trying to like have meaningful life conversations while being super high on psychedelics, whatever they may be. Um, but star child came to an end one time when I accidentally took too many hits of acid. I think I needed to be done with psychedelics. Whatever I was looking for, like, this was, like, the beginning of my, like, spiritual quest, I guess, that I was on, but, like, I was approaching it in such the wrong way. Um, But I found something. I mean, it definitely defines a bit about who I am now. Like, you know, I just lived in Tahoe, like, barefoot on the beach, like, like, taking psychedelics and smoking spliffs, like... You know, hanging with the gremlins and Strange Brew. Yeah. And uh, we were all... <laughs> I actually meant to give the gremlins an air horn. Not Love the it. Cooked. Love it. Sorry, yeah. sorry to stumble the conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we were all on a bit of a self-discovery journey in our own way. And um, I mean, there's nothing like Tahoe in those days. It was such a family. Well, I don't know this star child. 
Is yeah. This, is this when you were living in my shed? Part of it. Mm. Yeah. It was, okay. I okay. lived in fancy shed for a while. <laughs> it, it started like a little bit before the shed and ended. Star child died in you, the shed. Were you it right next have. to like a, a lawnmower and like a bag of fertilizer? Yeah, it was, back it's there, not. It's what? not quite like that. Oh, okay. No. Keith, Keith finished it with drywall. Oh, there was some drywall. indoor okay. outdoor carpet in there. Yeah. There's a bed. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty sick. Yeah. Like I was like I got my own studio, mm-hmm. and it was tiny, but it was mine. And <laughs> I think you guys charged me like two hundred dollars a month. I was living my best life. Um. Yeah, so that was Starchild. Starchild <laughs> went on a journey, and Starchild ended her journey shortly after. It was probably a two-year journey. Um, yeah. Cool. What a, what a fun what a fun journey, though. Think about early twenties. You guys are living your best life, figuring it out, and then you know Starchild is born. Starchild <laughs> is no longer, <laughs> and it's just been a perfect, you know, look at what you've evolved to. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's I wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. It was amazing. I, I learned a lot about myself, and I could do a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> like, I wasn't afraid of going there, you know? And you do have breakthroughs when you're there, um, whatever they may be. But, yeah, it's funny. Love amazing. It. All right, I think we should uh, serve up a little section of the show we call Hot Takes. Hot takes. Let's do it. So these are, I mean, you can elaborate, you know, but kind of keep it tight. You know what I mean? Okay. So uh, we started off with the goat of snowboarding, both male and female to you, like your goat, who you got. Kimmy Fasani, Brandon Cocard. Ooh. <laughs> Cocard. I'm honored. Uh, wow. Cocard, do you want to do an acceptance speech? <laughs> <laughs> Take, do the wave, maybe. Yeah, I'll just wave. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you said keep it tight, so. <laughs> he just goes on a 45-minute thank you. <laughs> you have to play me out. <laughs> Pull the music or you got to give him the hook? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Is snowboarding an art form or a sport to you? Art form. Okay. In your opinion, who is the most underrated? I mean, first person that comes to mind, J-Rob. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but I mean, that's immediately what comes to my mind is J Rob, Jason Robinson. That's a great answer. Steel or powder? Powder. Your favorite style ever? Oh, favorite style. I love Maria Thompson's style. Mm. And Jill. I mean, I've, you know, tried to find my own style with a lot of inspiration from those two women. Mm-hmm. Who has your favorite method? Favorite method? I mean, Nico. What's your favorite snowboard video ever made? Favorite snowboard video ever made. I'm not good at this. Well, um, it's called hot takes. You're in the hot seat. Yeah. I guess I really loved, I I think I love the DOAs because for me, I get to know Brandon at a time I didn't get, I didn't know him and it was so fun and inspiring and I loved them before I met Brandon, but like now it's like nostalgic for me because I feel like I'm getting to know the person I love more, like when he was younger, you know? Cool. Love that answer. Your favorite snowboard graphic ever made? Hmm. Best board graphic. Honestly, De- Dez's board, De Solomon. Um, favorite all time. 
amazing. I also really love uh, the artwork on Dara's new board this year. Um, probably top two right now. Nice. Okay, uh, we got. If you could go, uh, if you go snowboarding, you go pants over the high back or under the mm, high back. Under. Okay, if you could go heli boarding with three people, there's only three seats in the heli. Who are you bringing? Am I one of the three? Yeah. Well, there's three extra seats. Uh, three extra seats. Okay, Brandon, Fancy, and Keith. Yes. Woo. <laughs> okay, uh, what is your dream sponsor? Hmm. North Face. Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Oh wait. You. I mean, you can do anything in the world. Okay, Toyota. Okay, that's. <laughs> I like. Those are both good. I mean, I'm not. No, saying, it's Toyota no. all day. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I like to say Home Depot. That's oh fine. fuck! I feel like I really limited my <laughs> limited my <laughs> the reach. The world here. is getting bigger as we speak. <laughs> um. Okay. What? Fuck it. Chanel. Mm. Gucci, actually. Fancy, you got one? Let's throw you in the hot seat. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go Gucci and... Uh, it's a multifaceted answer. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Gucci and... Um, yeah, Toyota. Sounds 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 like yeah. a fun time. I like to change my answer to Panda Express. Oh. Co-Cart and Silk, what do you got? You go first. Uh, Fender. Is that a guitar Ooh, manufacturer? Yeah. Sick. I thought yours was the U.S. Mint. Uh, changing it. I, I could be broke. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Um, Taco Bell. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> I yeah. think I think Brandon and I actually shared a sponsor for a little bit. Uh, we, right? We both rode for Jacks on the Tracks. Mm, you rode for Jacks on the Tracks. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I I was sponsored by a restaurant in Truckee. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. cool. Sorry, sorry, you missed the boat on that. That's yeah, fine. Oh, you yeah. didn't get the you didn't get the. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that free food. Yeah, that place is pretty good. Too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, let's keep hot takes going here. Uh, last question. Worst trend. What do you got? Worst trend, everybody doing what everybody else is doing. Just be yourself, be individual, wear what you want to wear. Who fucking cares what everyone else is doing? Grab Tindy. <laughs> Fuck it, if that makes sense to you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to grab Tindy, but go ahead. Brandon has kind of like changed my perspective on it a little bit. I'd not say I'd say I more so put myself in an, on an island <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for that uh, topic. All right, I like it. Okay, that was hot takes, fun stuff. Um, Do we want to revisit the most underrated snowboard conversation? Sure. I don't know, Taylor. You got an opinion about being paid to snowboard versus being on? Have you ever been on contract? Never. You've never been on contract, really. I've never been yeah. on contract. You've been paid to snowboard, though, right? Yeah, I've yeah. had support. Yeah. I've been paid. I have not been paid consistently. Yeah. I've never been a professional snowboarder. Yeah. Most underrated snowboarder right there. Well, <sighs> what, what did you say when we were talking about cheddar bisque? You said something about the least amount of cheddar bisque. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I think that Taylor and I might be the... Least paid snowboarders of all time ever to sit in here. <laughs> do we got do we got a payroll uh, list? We don't. Unfortunately, it's not like the NFL where they <laughs> everybody's salaries and you know what people are making. So that's unconfirmed. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, we see a change in that. Yeah, I think Cheddar, cheddar Bisque is like yeah, yeah. Take, what's your take on the Cheddar Bisque and snowboarding and your experience? Um, I think for me, because I've never been really paid to snowboard, like, 
obviously that's always been a dream. I think that's everyone's dream when they start, when they snowboard, it's like, it's a dream, right? You want to be, um, supported. But I think because I haven't, like, I've always DIY'd this shit and I mm. love it and I do it for other reasons. Like it's not for money. Um, it's never been the end goal just because it felt so out of reach to me. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's hard out there for anybody right now. Like nobody's getting paid very much, but, uh, fuck the money. Who cares? Yeah. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. Who cares about the cheddar bisque? I mean, we all love cheddar bisque, but <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Another fucking wise bomb on the show. <laughs> by Tay. Love it. We all love cheddar bisque. Yeah. But fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of cheddar biscuits, um, myself, Taylor, and Riley have all, um, we're taking over the real estate game. Yeah, I think uh, I'm out in California, she's out here in Utah, and Riley's in Oregon, and, you know, we're going to find the cheddar biscuit on ourselves. Mm. Fuck yeah. yeah. So hit us up if you need any real estate help. If you need a realtor, please call. <laughs> Slang and cribs. Yeah. <laughs> In the words of Derek from Step Brothers, I got my real estate license a couple years back for shits and gigs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I'm still like, well, like if I'm, when I'm negotiating, I'm like, I don't feel qualified <laughs> to do this. And what the fuck am I doing? Um, we're it's try, almost, we're it's trying almost, to get clients here, Tay. Yeah, sorry. We're trying to get, trying to get Okay, clients. okay. It's I mean, as I negotiate, serious. I feel so in my power. Um, and... <laughs> No, I'm a great agent, and anyone will vouch for me. <laughs> that was amazing. Taylor is everyone's idol. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Okay, uh, we're going to start to wrap this thing up, but uh, before we do, um, what's next for Tay? What's next for Tay? I'm going to continue on my healing journey. Uh, slaying some real estate and hopefully snowboard again and, and work on this documentary. And, um, you know, I, I feel I f personally like my soul feels like I have big things on the horizon. I'm not quite sure what they are yet, but, um, they're gonna, they're gonna come something cool. We'll oh see. yeah. Something very cool. It's coming down the pipeline. Amazing. Uh, before we wrap it up, do you want to throw out any thank yous? Um, I want to thank everyone in this room first of all bomb hole i want to thank brandon um my best friend love of my life soulmate um i want to thank anyone that's helped me get to where i am today you know every single person there's too many names to name but everyone in my life has made a huge impact on me and um i just appreciate everyone i'm surrounded by on a day-to-day -day basis and i want to thank millie my dog because she's so cute <laughs> and smart and brave and yeah, that's, thank you. Just thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out when you all have. Thank you for just being there, being my friend, everybody. Appreciate you. That's it. That's been a hell of a show, Tay. Thank you for coming and sharing your story. Wow, what a special one it's <laughs> been. So thank you. Thank you, Fancy. Yeah, I feel lucky to be here. What a day. <laughs> You're natural. Uh, Co-card, uh, the Tindy thing up, still up for debate, but I'm uh, not going to hold it. <laughs> Silk D, thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. And everybody listens and tunes in. We appreciate you guys so much, all of our sponsors. And uh, over and out from the bomb hole.
Wow.